There's a funny thing about humans. Despite our generations in this world, we somehow think we can think our way through the future and try to control events through our planning in order to feel secure in our moving forward with our progress. And I am apparently no exception. So here I am humbly sharing an experience that I recently had, which led to a physical injury, which we trace back to a recent situation where I felt mentally stuck, unable to take a step forward. Now, if you are struggling with a situation or situations in life, please know that you have the ability to make shifts, whether that is taking action or shifting a perspective, like in our previous episode, where we discussed turning the loss of someone into inspiration that can fuel us in our lives. This also means that you have the power to create ripples in this world by sharing this podcast with like-minded individuals and creating a ripple of change. So everyone is focused on becoming their best and authentic selves. So again, thank you for helping us out and changing the world and working on you. And now... Let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. We are leaving the external behind and going internally beyond the mind. These are the wise wise. Oh, I like that. Dun, 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 dun. Hopefully we don't get a copyright strike for that. <laughs> Maybe I did it too well. Hello, beautiful people. So yeah, Alexander's here. I feel like he's always on vacation. I'm always <laughs> like, oh, fresh from, you know, blank, uh, wherever he's he's just been. Most recently, Mexico. So hopefully you've brought us some fresh perspectives from Mexico, right? Yes, it's very humbling and beautiful to see so much art and heritage and incredible food and kindness and of course, uh, extremes around many different things. But as the core, uh, we had a beautiful trip and so glad to get the experience, especially the nature, the ocean, white powder beach sand. So highly recommended, but really like the depth of the culture. Seems like traveling or at least putting yourself in a situation where everything's new is really a good place for maybe some personal reflection or even some self-growth, like fast-paced self-growth, right? Yeah. And one of the biggest aspects of that is going to a country where you don't speak the language and it puts you in a more vulnerable position to truly feel what some people experience here in the U.S. on a daily basis. And it can be very rewarding in that way to, to truly change the way you interact with people based on how people interacted with you when you didn't understand the language fully, but people would take the time to want to understand you. And of course, on this podcast, we talk so much about communication. And that's why I've said that Conscious communication is 75% energy transference and 25% or so of words. 
And when you're in those types of situations, you're relying much more on the energy of what a person's saying. You're much more interested in what's being conveyed rather than just what's being said. And I just think that's a that's a great practice for communication just in general. So Alexander doesn't know where this conversation is going. And mm-hmm. like many of our conversations, we usually don't have it planned. It's usually just we have a topic and then we just kind of dive in. And, and sometimes there's a sort of a structure that I try to lead with. But this one, I'm going to talk about myself, <laughs> surprise, uh, a little bit. And I'm going to bring up a situation which I think many of us experience a foot or ankle injury from time to time, possibly as we are growing up. And in past episodes, we've referenced that as something that has started in the emotional level and has slowly made its way through to the physical level. And while we're not saying that the pain is essentially created from you having a blockage on the emotional level, we are saying that it could have created a weakness that led to whatever injury that you sustained. So I did have an injury, but there is a backstory that I'll get into, but I just want to check in with Alexander to see if he wants to add anything there. Yeah, and of course, we're going to be discussing all five of the levels, the physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual, and how they're all connected in this. And as Aaron was saying earlier, that this could have started in the emotional level, we look at it as that is where it's the hot topic to kind of go directly to where we're at as a culture right now. But the actual way that we break it down in this philosophy is most issues start or begin in the spiritual. It starts with doubt, when we doubt our lives, when we doubt ourselves, where we doubt Uh, the divine, whatever that may be to you. And then that activates the mind to become the judge. And then when we judge whether what we're saying or doing is right or wrong, that initiates an emotional reaction, which normally affects the energetic field in a draining manner. And when that weakness in the energetic field gets drained to a certain point, it makes the physical body more susceptible to injuries or illness. And so this is where when people will maybe just twist their ankle a little bit or they might not go all the way through a break, there can be sometimes just a discomfort in the area. And your story is pretty interesting how you didn't recognize it until the next day. So I'll let you come back in and share the experience a little bit more. So the backstory of this is I've been living in the same area for nine years, and I think this is possibly the longest I've ever lived in one area throughout my entire life, even as a child. And it's not that I'm getting antsy, but I've kind of flip-flopped over the past four or five years of whether I'm going to stay there, whether my intention is to leave. And I've just, it's kind of been like I found different reasons to do different things, but I've never really put the energy into doing either. So it's just kind of been like sitting on the fence, like we've Mm -hmm. talked about, which is not a, a fun place to be. And it's often led me to fractioning my energy in either way, because like I'll put love into the outside of the house and I'll build a flower garden. But then I have all these dreams of, oh, you know, if I was staying here, I would do this. And there are all these ideas Pinterest type ideas that I would put energy into if I was staying here. But it's that doubt, that non-intention of staying there that always has left me not being full-fledged ahead at going at a certain goal or intention or... With what you're doing with your property or your house. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So 
that sort of lack of energy action moving forward in one direction with the house has led to it kind of always being a burden in my mind. Right. And it's an old house. It was built in 1880. And there's always like something that could be repaired on it. And I know that if I stay there within a few more years, this is going to have to be repaired and that has to be repaired. And even some things for my own comfort and all these things just kind of weigh over my head and they kind of prevent me from doing actual fun things or putting my energy into creativity because I'll always have like a justification that, oh, well, if I have energy to do this fun thing, then I should be putting it towards the house and then I don't do either. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it's kind of like a, a, a swap or a pit. Right. Like I, I need to drain my own swamp, Alexander. <laughs> and I think it's common. I think many people are going to be able to relate to this. A warning to make a change, but not seeming to just get things moving forward. So this past winter was one of the coldest that we've ever had here. And my electric bill has been non-sustainably high because part of the house is insulated and part isn't. And that's mm-hmm. probably part of the reason. And it's 2,500 square feet and I live alone. So there's so much more there that I don't need and I don't need to be heating and it's just it's too expansive to support the way I want to live I think now now that I'm becoming more aware of my energy and where I want to put my energy I want to put it more into creative aspects because that's what feeds me and obviously having a huge house does not is not feeding me in the ways that I want to be fed mm-hmm. so with that seeded idea It then brought up a lot of questions. Well, how can this happen? Well, in order to find another place, and I had this idea where I I maybe want to create a tiny house, so I would need money to build a tiny house, whether it's on wheels or not. So there's the questions of the logistics of how to sell this house and have another house at the same time. And maybe that's not logistical. So then you need to think about, well, where would I go in the meantime? And so all of these thoughts kind of created an energy blockage where I didn't take any action because I was just stuck. And maybe sitting on the fence isn't really the, the visual that I would give. I would just say in a swamp because you don't know which way to move and you're kind of just overwhelmed with, with all the possibilities. But none of them seem to be like this light out of or, or a rope or, out of yeah. the swamp. Yeah. And so then I bring in, am I trusting But then I also bring in, well, do I need willpower in this moment? Because I need to take action to go in one direction. And then I look at the the divine and I'm like, please give me a sign of which one to go. And so that's kind of the space that I was in a couple weeks ago. And I kind of brought it up to you and we had a conversation and you laid it out for me. You talked about creating a deadline and giving myself like six months and maybe even work backwards and create steps for myself. So it is that I am putting energy, even if it's just a little bit every day, every day. into moving it forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that was my suggestion. And normally with any typical change, I feel like six months is a very realistic time frame to be able to make some type of life change And then uh, the other suggestions was to just set smaller milestones to just meet. And this is working in the intentional world, just basically setting intentions that in six months, I like to visualize being here and in three months here and in two months. But it's much different than carrying expectations because part of trust or working with the spiritual level 
is that you set the intention and then you pay attention to what's being offered and you use the balance between willpower and trust to discern which one is needed at which time. And most people's obstacle is not being able to have that flexibility, which happens to be in your overall design anyway to be working on. So would you say that when somebody feels like they're in a swamp, you have to take action in one direction or the other in order to free up space for the divine to maybe speak to you because yeah. you're not allowing it when you're just flat splashing your arms around. Yeah, I like to suggest that in order for the bus to pick you up, you have to get out of bed and you have to go to the bus stop, at least the end of your driveway, maybe. But that action is the bus will take you to wherever you want to go, but you've still got to put forth willpower. And that's why all of these energy centers that we talk about, the chakra system, the five different levels, with all of this, we work with the view of polarity. And that happens to be one of our five main pillars of this uh, philosophy is polarity versus duality. In the polarity view of life, Everything is necessary. All opposites are necessary. So there's not a resistance or a challenge toward it. We just work to like express both our feminine and our masculine energies and qualities in each individual. All of us have both of those. And the purpose of this philosophy and many different paths is to learn to balance that and to be able to discern which one is needed in which situation. Do you show up as more of the father energy or do you show up as more of the mother energy? And that changes and is dependent per situation. So same thing about the way that we're approaching our life. Sometimes when we're stuck, we need that father energy of discipline and structure to not give us a choice each day, but that our choices have been made for us, but we set those parameters. And then there's some people that need to back off of their structure and discipline and needs to bring some of that feminine nurturing energy, maybe take some baths, maybe take a break, go on a little vacation. So see, this is why it's not a one size fits all. In this situation, you know, uh, which one would you say needs to be exercised more in those two descriptions, your feminine or your masculine energy? I would think that for me, it would be the masculine. It would be the discipline. It will be the structure in place to take action. Mm -hmm. Even though I did want to bring in that part of me being stuck was my need to control, my need to know. It's so funny because like we think we need to know, we think we need to control, but when you actually think about it, you can't know and you can't control, right? No, no. And, and part of co-creating is that, that you're getting up and you're getting out of bed, getting dressed and going to the bus stop and then the bus comes and then that's the divine emergence. And then you trust that that bus is going to take you there safely. And so, see, sometimes when we set an intention to go in a certain direction, life at some point may bring an obstacle or bring a resistance. And depending on your personality, you may need to use your willpower to push through that situation, or it may be a message to step back. And when people are concerned about which to do, I like to just suggest whichever one's more challenging is probably going to give you the better reward. So if you're challenged to use your willpower and to persevere and to push through that challenge, 
then that's what I would suggest to do. If it's more challenging for you to back off and you're a little bit too much of a control freak and you're trying to make everything happen a certain way, then you may need to back off and give it some space and trust things to uh, to play out. So in all of these, we're all going to have these both masculine and feminine qualities in us. And the more that we can see, oh, in these situations, I use more of the masculine and I see over here in these situations, I use more of the feminine, then learning to flip-flop those. And once again, to not just do something hard just to do something hard, but the point is, is that the more that you do what you don't want to do, you get better at it and it becomes less and less resistant. And these are the messages that the body sends us of where that energy is possibly stuck through these discomforts that we're expressing here. And then the next step is what do we do with that information? And so I guess we'll take the next step in <laughs> pun intended. Uh, <laughs> soon, they'll, soon they'll know. <laughs> they'll know the pun. Uh, <laughs> in the conversation. So Alexander laid that out, all out for me and I was like, wow, yeah, that, that's really helpful to break it down because in my mind I'm just kind of like, going in circles and Alexander is giving me the practical of it all. And so instead of going home and getting right to work on that, I allowed my mind to contemplate and think about every step that he gave to me and in my head plan it out, but not actually put it on paper, which is, mm-hmm. which is where the discipline, I needed that discipline to do that. Well said. And so I want to say fast forward, I can't remember if it was a couple days or if it was a week but I was playing wiffle ball and I was just standing there batting and I'm hitting home runs. <laughs> it's true. It's all legit. And I'm just taking a regular stand. It's something that I've done in my childhood. I mean, of course, I haven't done it recently, but my back foot was just kind of on like an, an incline. So I wasn't on balanced land, mm-hmm. but it didn't, nothing hurt in the moment. I was having fun. Everything was great. And... I go to sleep that night and I wake up the next morning and I cannot walk on my foot, on my right foot, my back foot. And there's no rhyme or reason because it didn't hurt. I didn't twist it. I didn't fall. I didn't nothing. There was no injury during that day. There was no sense of an injury leading up until that night. But it was Mm -hmm. just that morning. It wasn't even swollen either. It was almost like it was like compacted somehow. So... This is a perfect place to bring in that when that doubt got created, the doubt of how to move forward with the sale of the house and all the obstacles become overwhelming. I like to call it analysis paralysis that just can make people think about all the different scenarios that could happen and nothing gets done. See, that can leak down into the mental and goes into judgment that guilt comes in and then it weakens or activates those emotions in the guilt. It weakens the energetic field. And then that energetic field around, because moving forward is around the ankles and the foot. And that something that you've done tons of times throughout your life of playing this wiffle ball that's very similar to baseball, but with plastic ball and bat, that strain because the energetic field was weakened created what seemed to be a physical injury. This is where people many times go to the doctors and the doctors can't find anything physically wrong. So pain resides very uh, heavily in the energetic and the emotional field from my perception. And that that's what exactly was happening here is this was a message to him saying, hey, 
you're holding on to this indecision long enough, it's time to take a step to move toward that six-month projection, so to say. And so that's how we're kind of introducing this as the message has come in. And now pick back up to where you were and take it from there. So I knew exactly. (laughs) As soon as I, I couldn't walk on my foot, I was like, what in the world happened to me? And then I immediately went to, okay, where am I? having some sort of questioning of taking a step forward in my life and ding, ding, ding. Of course, I've known what it has been because it's taken up space rent free for a while. And so I I just kind of looked at that and try not to judge myself too much of not taking action when you gave me the practical steps of relieving some of that tension in my mind. And I knew that like internally that this is what caused it because I had no physical injury that happened to me and that within a couple days that the pain will subside and I had work to do to change my mindset around it. Mm-hmm. The pain steadily got worse because the first day I, I could walk on it and hobble around, but the next couple days I legit could not walk. And it was the first time in my life that I actually could not walk on or put weight on one of my feet. Mm -hmm. So there was kind of a little fear came in and I did question, do I need to go to the doctor? But then I was telling the story to a coworker and they were like, oh, well, did you go to the doctor? And then that was my Mm check-in with my generator solar plexus where I was like, no, I don't need to go to the doctor. I know what this is about. The practice of responding in the human design through the generator time. Yeah, exactly. So I need to hear somebody say something, and then based on my internal solar plexus reaction, I can determine whether that is true or false for for my own perception. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I knew, or that confirmed my knowing of what this was about, and that if I just gave it a little time and and steadily worked on the mental, that it would subside. And, And surely enough, after a good four or five days it did work through and it's as good as new, I guess. (laughs) Right. Right. And I think that this is such a great example because this happens very often with people, but many times the pain won't subside because there's no adjustment in the spiritual, mental, emotional, or energetic. And so they just feel that the pain makes it physical. And I've proven that through my own healing trauma that my pain that was very, very real to me was not in my physical and mine was in my chest and around my heart. So getting these messages and then the the next thing, you know, is to see that that pain will subside. But if we don't make some adjustments on all these different levels, again, the physical, mental, emotional, energetic and spiritual, then that pain will tend to come back. So the next step is to move forward with some type of movement of either the acceptance of not selling the house and just putting that off for a while or the fact of no, it's time and I'm going to put things in motion to once again, maybe have a six month long-term projection, but something may happen sooner. And uh, then you get into working with, like I said, the spiritual would be working with trust, the mental, how you're looking at it, whether you can do it or you're carrying fear, which activates the emotional and see, and then that's going to weaken, of course, your energetic field to bring in more messages, maybe stubbing your toe or, you know, twisting your ankle, as you mentioned that you, you did here just uh, recently in the last day or so, just a very slight or on the way here this yeah, morning. Yeah, it was actually right? on the way okay. here. I stepped into a pothole 
and my whole ankle completely turned to a, a 90 degree while I'm carrying stuff. And I didn't fall. I just kept going and there's no injury at all. Right. And that's just so beautiful how the body is trying to communicate. So see, we're still at the whisper stage, I call it, that there's no major physical trauma that's happening, but that's two separate events within a week or two of each other of these kind of like whispers. So that's where I, I say we want to keep the messages at the whisper rather than it having to get into a yelling because that could be a broken ankle or a broken foot or something along those lines. So now what would you say your next step that you see that you're going to put into action through your intention? What would you say that that is? Well, I did want to go back a step before getting into that once the, the pain manifested and then it was like the next day I had a conversation with my neighbor and she brought up some things. It was almost like the universe was giving me direction in a way where I had some of these questions that I didn't know how to answer them. And then she was kind of giving me like, oh, you need a, a person to work on your house to fix some things? Oh, here's a guy. And it was kind of like my reinforcement that I was going in the right direction now because You're I did. going to have what you needed. Even yeah, possibly. yeah, and like the universe was providing because I did slightly take action where I recognized that the pain was from that. And now I was like, okay, well, I must have been fooling myself here because here I'm thinking that, oh, Aaron, you're just contemplating things. It's not a big deal. I think sometimes I trick myself into that where I am having an energetic blockage and I'm not looking for a way out of it, looking for another perspective to bring in to release that energy. And I justify it to myself that that I'm just contemplating things. It's okay. They're just ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's where we can get caught in that loop. And it comes back to that word discernment. And that's discernment, structure, and discipline are the height of the conscious male or masculine energy. It's not bad. It's very useful. It's what moves life and projects along. And trust is just as important. But we need to know when to persevere and push through when things are challenging. And like I said earlier, when to back off and trust that this just isn't the time. So holding that intention of the, the decision to sell the house or not to sell the house and then moving forward with perseverance of doing what's hard, doing whatever you need to, contacting whoever, and seeing how it develops. Because again, when you're working with intention, the set goal is just an idea. But it can play out and turn into something completely different. And that's how most people's lives and relationships turn out anyway. They think they know or have a plan and how it's going. But I've talked to very few people throughout my life that anything in their life went really how they thought it would. And that's part of the beautiful human experience is to be adaptive so staying out of expectation, because disappointment's always going to follow expectation, but simply setting intentions of, I like to go in this direction, and I'm open to what God, the divine, brings in front of me to assist me either further down this path or to take a tangent. And that's part of the trusting and faith path of the spiritual level. So I would like to say that I got the lesson and I made changes and now I'm just zooming along and everything's great. But I am human <laughs> and still practicing this stuff. So the next step of it 
was I think I formed an expectation or a want maybe because I had this idea. I was like, oh, if this happens, then that will work out. And then that will be this this light getting me out of this. And not that I put everything into that basket, but I kind of allowed it to lead my thought process. And then yesterday I inquired about that that certain um, possibility possibility and it turned out to not be what I thought it would be and so that did bring up an emotional reaction where Mm -hmm. I had suddenly all this frustration like it's almost like the cycle of frustration (laughs) came back but this time I used it as a catalyst I'm at the point where I'm like Aaron I'm sick of your shit right now Mm -hmm. because we haven't brought in willpower here and I've said this a lot but I really feel like up until about four or five years ago, I've been all willpower. I mean, completely willpower. And then I feel like I've kind of done the polarity where I've gone into the feminine, where I've given myself a a lot of leniency to the point where it's not healthy. So I'm hoping now that experiencing both of those polarities, like we've talked about, can yield a more healthy balance of neutrality uh, where I can have the experience of doing both and then maybe have the wisdom of starting to understand which one's needed and then to to do that, to hold myself accountable. Cause I feel like I've definitely lacked that in the last couple years. Mm-hmm. And I know like at this point I'm like, this is what you need. You need to do this or it's never going to happen. Are you serious? Like, it's like I'm having this conversation with myself and I'm being very stern, but not judging or mm-hmm. trying not to judge. I really feel like I wasn't judging, but, but it finally had to have this heart to heart conversation with myself you know, that wasn't exactly pleasant. But. Yeah, and, and many times we need to have someone that we trust to help hold us accountable. Uh, a lot of us don't have that ability to hold ourselves accountable as some people do. And there's nothing wrong with just sharing it with somebody that you respect their opinion and realizing that that's going to put some extra pressure on yourself to just do what you know that you want to do or what you say that you want to do. So that's important. And then the other thing I wanted to add is that See, Aaron won't just be practicing, or I'm not suggesting him just practice this uh, discernment and flexibility and the polarity of that when he's thinking about the house. I'm suggesting every day there's going to be multiple times, possibly 20 times a day, where any in any relating, he's going to have the opportunity to expand and practice this around the discernment and the structure and the discipline and being flexible in the conversations that one has just throughout their day. So the thing about this work is that you find places to practice it in everyday opportunities rather than just practicing it with the subject. And this is very, very important. It's very similar to martial arts. You don't just fight in tournaments. You take plenty of time to learn techniques and to practice the subtle and the basics. Same thing in sports like basketball. Right now, Steph Curry happens to be one of the best shooters of all time for Golden State. But he does the same two-hour pregame rudimentary type stuff every single game more than other people do but he just does the same thing over and over and over and he's one of the best shooters and best ball handlers because he practices the stuff off of the court and that's what i'm trying to bring into 
this philosophy and this understanding that you find areas every day to practice it. So when the big game comes up or the situation with the house and you've got to make a decision, you've got to discern, you're more practiced because you've practiced it every single day over the last few months rather than just waiting for an issue with the house. Because that's really why we're all doing this work, right? Is so when things get hard, we have something to fall back on. We have our discipline and our structure and all of our wisdom that we've gained throughout doing the work. Yes. And something else that's important here is some people will be put off by the words discipline and structure, those types of masculine words. But understand that he's got the freedom of the femininity to create that structure and that discipline any way he wants. See, when the structure and the discipline isn't being forced on us, it's not anything negative. So see the power of how the masculine and feminine comes together to work here, that the discipline and the structure is the divine masculine, but the ease and the acceptance of the feminine of what times of day we do these certain things and what days of the week we do these certain things to set the structure up is completely up to him. So that's a good example of the beauty of the divine masculine and the divine feminine working in the world of polarity. Yeah, I, I look at it as creating a recipe for myself that here are the steps that I you know, know I want to take that I feel like will lead me to my desired intention, goal, at least in that direction, to, at least to get started and utilizing the just philosophy to create those steps in that process. And nobody's sitting around saying recipes are too masculine and we're going right. to re- rebel against the recipes. I mean, they're necessary to, to get a yielded product, right? Yes, yes. And that's how we communicate how for somebody to duplicate or replicate that recipe is by sharing the the practices or the ingredients, so to say, that's in it. And that's what the Just Philosophy has been developed for with the step-by-step processes to do over and over and over in a repetitive motion, which in lots of the podcasts I say, be willing to fail at anything a hundred times before you start to master it. And there's going to be over the next hundred days, there's going to be at least one opportunity a day. I feel very confident. There's normally many opportunities a day for you to practice this exact subject that we've discussed today in almost any interaction with another human being that you have to know when to trust, when to have willpower, when to be flexible, and when to be discerning. And you're going to have all of those needs in the sale of a house. And so I guess we can maybe start calling you Chef Alexander, (laughs) the grand chef of the Just Philosophy. So to just jump back a little bit, and I want to talk to the people who are maybe stuck in their own uh, mental process of something that they're feeling torn between between two things or making a change in their life how can one free their mind up if they are listening to this and then recognize oh i am creating kind of like an energetic blockage here and it is draining my energy and so we know what kind of step can they take to free their mind but also still being able to look at if it's two choices look at the choices well i think First of all, we're going to bring back in the five levels at this point and just to be willing to step into each level from the top down, the spiritual, and realize where the doubt started and whatever issue you're dealing with. What created the doubt? Was it something someone said? Was it something that you just felt about yourself? 
Is it self-induced? Is it external? Because if it's an external issue, then you could easily go talk to someone else and get a different opinion and have just as much of an effect on the so-called positive side, especially if you trust that person's opinion. And so then the mental about how are you presently thinking about it, how are you presently judging it basically, and how can you get out of the judgment of it? And then, of course, the next one is the emotional. What is that judgment activating emotionally? If it's creating fear, give the emotion a label so that you have an understanding what emotion you're dealing with. And then understand that whatever emotion that is, it affects the area of the body that it weakens. And there's different emotions for different areas like worry is in the abdomen area, stress and anxiety many times is in the chest area, fear is in the back around the kidneys. So all of those, the positioning of the discomfort helps you to understand the emotion that's involved and where it's draining in the area of the physical body is the energetic field that it's weakening and will make that area of the physical body more susceptible. That's an ongoing study. It's not something you just do one time and you're done with. It's something that you visit quite often. And this helps to change the mental part of how you're looking at it. By the more that you understand about it, it will change your perception over time. Now, if somebody's feeling stuck and they don't feel like they can initiate an action, once again, it's going to be necessary to create some kind of of movement in one or multiple of those levels. And so the physical level can be that soon as you feel that you are stuck, that you physically get up in that moment off of the couch or whatever you're sitting on and you just start moving around. Sometimes people do it subconsciously by pacing. They just pace around and they don't even realize that they're doing it. But see, that's getting the energy moving. Then you may just be like, man, I just want to go outside and go in the woods and clear my head a little bit. So change your position, change your perception. So everything is going to be like dominoes. But the most important thing is that you initiate some kind of change right away. Many people in our culture now with the hip thing will try to change the way that they're looking at it mentally first. And that's normally where people are the busiest. So that's the hardest to truly shift. Many people have tried positive affirmations that have brought frustration. Some people have had some successes with them, but many people find frustration in that practice. There may be another level or area that they can shift that will create that domino effect, so to say. So this is why it's very hard to give just a basic path that's going to work for anybody. But I say go to where you can create a shift right away. My first one happens to always typically be in the spiritual. Like I want to dissect why I had that doubt. And I want to bring in the very first pillar of this work that everything's in divine order, whether I understand it or not, or the way we label it, find the divine order in the chaos. But I simplify for me myself of everything's in divine order, whether I understand it or not. And that brings an ease over me to practice my faith, my trust. And 
normally that is what will create the domino effect, that that changes my mental state of how I'm looking at it, which adjusts my emotional reaction or changes that to a response, which strengthens the energetic field and then strengthens the physical body in that area. So that's just like my steps. But it could be, like I said, some people may go to just doing the physical to change their positioning or their environment first. So I want to urge all your listeners to try these shifts at these different levels. And you may find one that just is your igniter to create that domino effect. And it could be in any of those, the physical, mental, emotional, energetic, or spiritual. So if anybody hears purring or meowing, Jocko has joined us in the studio. <laughs> Jocko's he always just, welcome. He was just rolling around on the ground and scratching stuff, and but he's here sitting next to me now. So I wanted to... Um, Maybe run through the five levels as an example, if you could do it with me, and I'll answer just as an example so somebody could see how it's done. Okay. So in this situation, the expectation that you talked about is that you had gotten to a certain mental state, it seemed, to where you go, oh, if this situation works out, then I can do this and this and this. But then when you went, and this is on the mental state, but then when you went to converse with this person that's involved, there was a slight rejection that wasn't anticipated, which showed you that it was your emotional reaction basically proved that it was an expectation rather than an intention. So in that situation, coming back to regroup, going back to the beginning would be the doubt that even if this person says no, it activated your doubt again. And it activated that whole system of a chain of events that happened to put you back into potentially non-mobile space. And this is the pattern that has to be broken. So next time in that opportunity, the next idea that comes, I would suggest that you're in that mental state and you visit the spiritual and go, now, can I trust and have faith that this idea will work out if it's in divine order? And if it doesn't work out, it's in divine order. So there's nothing that I need to do here but go set this intention and put this into action and see if the divine supports it or not. And that can change, like I said, that will change the mental, that will change the emotional, the energetic reactions, and the physical vulnerability. But that would be my suggestion just with where you're dealing with what you're dealing with right now. I think what I was curious into digging into was where my doubt or why I have doubt around it. I think I've just been the last few years looking for a sign of, of am I going to move or am I going to stay here? And it, which is funny because right before all this, I had a few neighbors that we all got together and we're like, Oh, let's create an intentional community to help each other. I'll grow this food. You grow that food. And I was like, Oh man, this is my sign that I'm going to stay here. We're going to build this intentional community. And then I had another seed of doubt when one of those neighbors said that she was moving. And I was like, well, if she's moving, then I can move. And so there was the doubt again. And so I've just been looking for signs and like, I, I mean, you can make a sign, whatever you want it to be, if you have a preference, but but like I don't even know if I have a preference, so I've just been just kind of waiting and yes, and seeing it's you can't set a true intention until you get clear on what that preference is. Yeah, and 
We teach here to live in non-preference, but again, that's to help us to get to neutral in any given situation. In setting an intention, we can go with a preference, but the point is, is that if it doesn't turn out to work out, that it won't devastate us or put us back into that non-movement type of situation again. So this is a, a delicate art, but it is the blending of this human life and that divine experience simultaneously and the the concept of co-creating and working with that acceptance. And for people that have control issues, see many times everything, all the steps need to be laid out logically or it doesn't feel safe. And that is not trusting and not carrying any faith. And of course, I'm not just suggesting to just trust blindly. I'm suggesting to use all five of these levels equally and in rotation and in communication. So, But as soon as you realize that there's doubt and what other people do or say increases the doubt, that would be the first thing that needs to be taken care of is why am I allowing what people say or do to affect me and to create more doubt? So this becomes, hey, I need to practice spiritually here for quite a while. Three weeks is always the minimum to make or break a pattern. That's when I would take it in to just, I'm going to focus on this doubt, and every time doubt comes in, I'm going to work with transforming doubt with what we call the three R's, to recognize it, to show it respect, and then redirect it. Because, see, the less that you have to deal with doubt moving forward in your life, not just with this house sale, every situation brings us a practice for our life. This is going to retrain the way that you process information from now on in every situation, not just with this house. The house just happens to be your practice point at this point of your life. Yeah, well said. So you're really making an investment in yourself with every situation that you go through. Yes, and that's why the work is that that you do every day. And eventually the work turns into a way of life, which is why we call the just philosophy of philosophy. It's a way of life. It's not just a conceptual view. It's actually things that you do day in and day out to create a different way of approaching things. And in this description, we call it a frequency-based philosophy because depending on how you look at things determines the frequencies that you're dealing with in yourself and the things that you're drawing into your world. So that doubt is why it's on top of my list that those of us that experience doubt, especially self-doubt, we need to get to a point in order to trust intention that we're able to take that judgment from others and it not affect us in the way we believe in ourselves and our connection to that divine and to trust that when we set things in motion with an intention and then we trust the divine will support And that support sometimes comes in disappointments. See, that's why there is no right, there is no wrong. It just comes through that our job is not to carry on the vibration of disappointment, but to merely see it as a gift. Oh no, the divine closed that door. And although I thought that was going to be what makes this work, no, I accept that that door closing was the next step that I need. So that's practicing on that that spiritual level, and like I said, it has an effect on all the levels beneath, so to say. Well, this has been a fabulous episode for me and the audience. If you guys 
are having certain pains and that you've been able to connect it to some emotional or doubt that you're having in your life, yeah, feel free to share it with us in our Facebook group or on our Facebook page or anywhere where you can see and, and interact with us. And yeah, we love hearing some of your experiences, uh, including when you uh, utilize the philosophy to gain more insight and ultimately help change your life. Yes. And if any of you guys are wondering how to get a better picture of all of this and how to move forward on a specific issue, please reach out for a private session. This is exactly what I go through with both clients that are couples and individual for self-development work or to deepen understanding and relating in the relationships and intimacy. And so we go over and utilize the human design and the destiny card system, astrological systems so that you understand yourself specifically. And then we implement these tools in a way that's designed specifically for yourself. So um, please reach out if it's of interest to you. All right. Stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings, as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T. P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y dot com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.